Can the Aggies start off the second half of the 2022 season on a positive note? We're going to talk about all that and more on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. You can find Locked On Aggies wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. And please go check us out on YouTube. Leave us a comment on the video, like the video, subscribe to the channel. This episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And it is time to preview the Texas A&M against South Carolina Gamecocks game that's coming up on Saturday. We're excited for the Aggies to get started in the second half of the season after a bye week and a first half of the season that was underwhelming to say the least. The Aggies, in a quick recap of the season so far, the Aggies have struggled. They're three and three. The primary struggle for the Aggies has been on offense. The defense has been very good. There's been inconsistency at the quarterback position, at the offensive line spots, and in the and in the passing game at the pass catcher's positions at wide receiver and tight end. Um, we've seen some development from young guys like Evan Stewart, Yul Keith Brown, Moose Muhammad, but just not a whole lot of consistency, and a lot of that is driven back to the quarterback. As we preview this game against South Carolina on the road in South Carolina, a tough place to play, especially in a night game. All these SEC places are tough to tough places to play, if we're going to be honest. Going into this game, the real question that we don't totally have an answer to yet, as of this recording, is who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Aggies going into the game? Is Haynes King going to get another shot to continue? He played better against Alabama, you could say but still not the type of quarterback play that you would expect would score you enough points to win you a lot of games. He still looked unsure. He played tough as nails, to be certain. That is absolutely merited in the conversation. He was extremely tough in that game. Took a ton of hits, looked like he was legitimately injured in the fourth quarter as he was trying to lead this AM team back. Made some very gutsy throws, made some very gutsy plays. But is he the guy to lead them through the second half of this season? And how long of a leash does he have before the true freshman Connor Wigman gets his chance? If that leash isn't already gone going into the game. There were some rumors early in the bye week that Haynes King would miss this game against South Carolina because of those injuries he suffered against Alabama. Jimbo Fisher seemed to say, hey, both guys are practicing and practicing well at his press conference earlier this week. So that's the number one question for A&M is who's going to play quarterback. And then the second question for A&M goes back to the same conversation of 
can whoever is playing quarterback generate enough consistency on the offensive side of the ball to move the ball and score enough points to win some football games? They just, they have been absolutely atrocious scoring points. They're outside the top 100 nationally in scoring on the year. Outside the top 100 schools in the country. 111th of 131 schools in points per game. 21 and a half points per game. You're just not going to win very many college football games that way in the year 2022. Now, the defense has been incredible. They're 22nd in college football of 131 teams, only giving up 18.8 points per game. So they've been able to win half their games. They're 3-3, three and three, just like they probably should be, based on the way that they've played so far. But can the quarterback, whoever it is, get enough help schematically from Jimbo Fisher and the rest of the coaching staff, Daryl Dickey and the rest of the staff, put together enough consistency on offense to be able to get put together long drives and score points and score touchdowns when they get in the red zone and be able to get a lead, hopefully, on a South Carolina team that, is I mean, they're only four and two. And Spencer Rattler, the starting quarterback, has thrown eight interceptions in six games. Five touchdowns, eight interceptions. So much of what they've accomplished has been on the ground. Marshawn Lloyd, 434 yards on 75 attempts, almost six yards per attempt. So this isn't a team, even though they've scored – they scored 33 points a game against an AM defense. I don't feel like this is a team that's going to run off and hide from you. At this point, you got to feel like it's going to be really tough for any team to run off and hide to build a big lead against AM unless the AM defense and special teams turns the ball over the way they did against Mississippi State when that game got out of hand. Even that game was way closer on an offensive or on a defensive standpoint for the Aggies than the final score looked because so many points were scored on interceptions, short fields after interceptions, blocked kick returns for touchdowns. It all comes back to can the Aggies score enough points? Can they get Devon Chain the ball enough times? Because he's been extremely productive, extremely. I mean, Devon Chain has over two times as more scrimmage yards as the next guy behind him on the AM offense. He has 625 total yards from scrimmage. That's 5.4 yards per touch and four touchdowns. The next closest guy is Anaya Smith at 302 yards and Evan Stewart at 302 yards. So if you take the next two guys and put them together, you still need another 20 yards before you get to Devon A. Chain's production this year. Will they have enough opportunities to get Devon A. Chain the ball in different ways? Can they hold on to the ball and move the chains enough to be able to continue to get their best player the ball? If they do, we know what he can do with the ball in his hands. And we've seen and we saw 
massive growth from Evan Stewart right in front of our eyes in the game against Alabama right before the bye week. We're going to talk a little bit more about does that Alabama game translate to this game? We saw a lot of growth in that game, but first, I'm going to tell you guys about underdogs. As I mentioned, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's so easy to get started. Create your account, log in. It's you can play it while you watch your favorite team. Go to the Underdog website, create an account, and look at the pick'em choices for your team and all the teams every week. This week, I'm taking Devon A. Chain over 20 and a half receiving yards. I think AM's going to find ways. I think whoever the quarterback is is going to find ways to get the ball to Devon A. Chain out of the backfield or down the field as a receiver, and he's going to go over that 20 and a half receiving yards. I also like the number that they have Evan Stewart at 55 and a half receiving yards. That feels right about right. I'm going to avoid that line because I think it's the right number. I think he winds up right in that range. It's hard to have confidence he goes above or below that number. Go to underdog. Make your picks just like I'm taking Devon A. Chain over 20 and a half receiving yards. It's so easy to play. You can play in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, not just the Aggies. Decide if they'll finish higher or lower than their projected total. It's one of the easiest games to play from a fantasy standpoint out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code Locked On. An underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. As I mentioned before, we saw what looked like a different team from a competitiveness standpoint against Alabama than it feels like we had seen in the weeks prior. That team went to Bryant-Denny Stadium and gave that Crimson Tide team everything they could handle. And they did it at home or on the road like I said, at Bryant-Denny, in that atmosphere, at night, prime time, all the expectations, all the hullabaloo, everybody felt like that this was the Nick Saban revenge game, that Alabama was going to run up the score on A&M. A&M got a little fortunate that Bryce Young didn't play. But either way, that A&M team showed up, and the young players specifically, and we talked about this coming out of that game, showed up in a big big way. Evan Stewart had by far his best game in college. The young players on defense, Denver Harris played extremely well. Walter Nolan had a good game. Lots of these young guys played really, really, really well. Cam Dewberry got some time at left guard, showed himself well in that period. And now we've got to figure out can that 
does that same team that left the field in Bryant-Denny Stadium with all the belief that they had in themselves towards the end of that game as they came back in that game all the way down to first down and goal at the two-yard line with three seconds left in the game with a chance to win it? Does that same team, that same resolve, show up this week, hopefully a little healthier after the bye week? Does this game, does this team show up against South Carolina? And if they do, what does that mean? I think there's a couple of takeaways from that game against Alabama that really have to move forward, especially on the defensive side of the ball. One is Badil Diggs and the rest of this AM front has to be able to continue generating pressure at a high rate against this South Carolina Gamecocks team. They have to put Spencer Rattler in uncomfortable situations and make him feel like he has to play hero ball. Because when Spencer Rattler feels like he has to play hero ball, he's going to turn the ball over. We saw the sack fumbles. We saw the the attacking mentality of the defensive front against Alabama. That has to carry over here. They've got to be able to stop the run and then get this team in passing situations and get after Spencer Rattler. And then on top of that, the guys in the secondary have to take advantage of the opportunities that are there. We saw Jordan Gilbert get one interception against Alabama, but we also saw him drop another interception. And we've seen a couple of other times where there were balls in the air with plays to be made for this A&M secondary that they weren't able to take advantage of. And it goes all the way back even to not an interception, but against Appalachian State, running the Appalachian State running back has a big run. Damani Richardson knocks the ball out. It's right there for Antonio Johnson to recover, and he's not able to secure it. The ball keeps going out of bounds, and it stays Appalachian State ball. A&M has to, for the rest of the season, if they're going to improve the way we need them to and the way we want to see them do it, They have to improve in taking advantage of those opportunities. A lot of that winds up being almost luck. The ball bounces funny in football. We talk about it all the time. They've got to have some regression and get some of that luck in the second half of the season, especially in this game against South Carolina. As I said, Spencer Rattler has thrown almost one and a half interceptions per game, eight interceptions in six games. A&M has to take advantage of the opportunity when Spencer Rattler puts the ball in a place that they can get it. They've got to make the play. If they can do that, they should be able to put the offense in some good positions. One thing that the A&M defense has done an incredible job of is generating fumble takeaways, which is a very random stat, but they've been fantastic at it for six games. Sack fumbles, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, for the most part, they've done a great job, especially on the front, of generating those types of plays. But if AM wants to win this game against South Carolina, these defensive backs have to come to play ready to take advantage of the opportunities that pressure can create for them. Because Spencer Rattler is a guy who will break the pocket, And he will try to make big plays after he breaks the pocket. Because of that, there's going to be opportunities where the ball is in the air 
that the defensive backs can go get it. And if these A&M DBs can do that, they'll have a chance to win this game. I gave my prediction for the game on our crossover show on Thursday with Andrew from Locked On Gamecocks. And as we mentioned on the show, Bet Online has the over-under for the game at 44.5 points and has A&M as three-point favorites. And I really think this game winds up being very close because I think both offenses are going to struggle a little bit. Until we see this A&M offense be consistent and be explosive with some relative consistency, I just can't believe that we're going to see it until we do. It's going to be the key to almost every game they play the rest of the year. Can the offense score enough points? I think this game plays out pretty similarly to a couple of their other games. I think A&M winds up with a victory, as I said on the on the crossover show yesterday. I think A&M winds up with the victory 23 to 21, 23 to 20 right at about the over-under line of 44.5 points for the total. Right on the verge of covering the 3.5 point spread. I think they probably win outright, but don't cover because I just think this team is too inconsistent right now to give them the benefit of the doubt of winning against the spread as well as outright. The game's going to be too close. It's going to come down to a field goal or to a missed field goal by one of the sides. It's going to be really close. It's going to be really intense. It's going to be, it might honestly be pretty ugly to watch if you're looking for, you know, if you're used to watching high-flying, high-scoring college football. This A&M football team has not been the team that you want to watch this year if you're into that kind of football only. But if you can appreciate defensive football, if you can appreciate preventing the other team from scoring points while you attempt to score enough points. Hopefully you take advantage of some short fields from some turnovers from a quarterback who's going to try to give you the ball. A&M wins 23-21. That's the prediction. Under the 44.5, A&M doesn't cover. That's my projection. Make your own picks. Guys, thanks so much for joining me for this preview of the South Carolina A&M football game coming up on Saturday. This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. You can find me, your host, at Joey Ikes on Twitter. Leave me a message there. Send me a comment. Find the show on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, please go down below. Leave us a comment. Comment what you think the final score of the game will be. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me how much you think AM will win by. Subscribe to the YouTube channel there as well. You can also find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. Thanks so much, guys. Now that you've made Locked On Aggies your first listen, go check out Locked On SEC. Host Chris Gordy takes you around the SEC in 30 minutes or less every day with help from the local experts of Locked On. We've got you covered all around the conference and right here with the Aggies. Thanks so much, guys. We will see you tomorrow after the game.